Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. This is six here with seven, training up a better class of men here. Today we're going to be hitting our medical crash course. This is not going to be the complete end-all be-all. This is just enough to get you started. We're going to be talking medical kits. But first, a little housekeeping. Just want to mention that Patreon is up and running. Our Discord is up and running. We do have a sub stack. So if you're on that, want to check it out, go ahead. It's pretty much just kind of a backup for everything, but we do appreciate you nonetheless. Links to all this are found in our link tree. With that being said, a disclaimer. This is be fun. A disclaimer. <laughs> so let me see if I can do my best radio voice here for this. Oh, send it. <clears throat> Following information presented is not medical advice. Hard Time Strong Men and Podcasts cannot give you medical advice. We are not your medical providers. If you experience a medical emergency, seek professional medical care. If you ever need to respond to a medical emergency, follow all applicable laws and act within your scope of practice. And now, back to the show. We're sorry for everything that we've done to fail to do. No, seriously, though, guys, we're not your medical provider. All right, act within your scope of practice. Act in what you're able to legally and ethically do. This is our medical crash course series. This is not our deep dives. These are these episodes are to get you guys up to a decent standard so that you can go out and you know act safely and you know just try to maximize this information, maximize the skill set. Okay. So this episode is on medical kits. So before we you know, dig into medical devices, medical equipment, medical procedures, methods of injury, injury sustained, the the whole, whole shebang. Whole shebang. I wanted to go over medical kits because guys love talking about gear. And I just wanted to throw out some ideas, maybe some concepts that you haven't considered yet, uh, things to get you on the right track. So first to kick off on a... I guess kind of a new take on the IFAC. Well, everybody loves to talk about it. Everyone loves to buy IFACs, get out IFACs, love to throw IFACs on their kit, and you know, hopefully never use them. But the IFAC is your individual first aid kit. So by doctrine, when we were in the army, we had a whole bunch of crap in there. Tourniquet, uh, ace bandage, Israeli bandage, hemostatic dressings, NPAs, NCDs, chest seals. Did you did yours have the kitchen sink in it? I don't I don't really remember. No. We had a lot of stuff in there. Idea being that your IFAC, your individual first aid kit, it was for you. You didn't use this equipment. You didn't use these supplies on anybody else. This was if you went down, you could perform aid on yourself, your bike can go over and render aid to you. That was the right long and short of it, right? So with this different context, talking about citizens, you know, having to go out and do what citizens historically do, uh, wanted to throw a different take on it. Where I got this idea from originally was a channel called European Medics on Instagram. Their handle is European underscore Medics. Great channel, a lot of great information. And what they're putting out is this IFAC. So this is more of, you think of it as your self-aid kit. So this is what uh, what supplies, what equipment that you need in order to perform aid on yourself if you go down as a casualty. 
I boil this down to essentially hemorrhage control. So if you get, you know, if you experience a gunshot wound, a laceration, uh, anything that is making the bright red blood flow, uh, this is to stop that essentially. So your tourniquets, your hemostatic gauze, your, you know, run of the mill, uh, sterile gauze, ACE wrap, Colvin, anything to apply pressure and stop the bleed. That is what I would throw in this kit. This on uh, an individual stop the bleed. Sorry, I hate you. <laughs> on on individual level, you need to be able to get to this. You need to be able to reach this every every time without being you know without thinking because if you've sustained an injury, you are in an altered state of mind. Right? You may have you know full motor control. You may you know be you know fully with and know what's going on, but you've been injured. You know, there are physiological processes that you're not fully in, con in control of, right? So your adrenaline's pumping. Uh, you need to be able to reach that and have it be at the same place every single time. If you're working with others, all the better. You know, this needs to be standardized so that everyone knows where this is, right? But this is more of your self-aid kit. This way you need to be able to reach in order to work on you. In conjunction with that, using this as, think of this as a system, right? Uh, what I call the buddy first aid kit or the BFAC, right? So in theory, this is designed for your buddy to be able to render aid to you. So outside of massive hemorrhaging, outside of hemorrhage control, this covers the rest of March. So airway, respiration, circulation, uh, hypothermia, head injury, this covers everything this has your chest seals your npas your ncds your splints eye guards gloves your casualty feeder cards warming layers I've everything kitchen sink the kitchen sink right this doesn't necessarily have to be reachable by the casualty right so if you're in a guy who rocks plate carrier this could be on your back if you're you know, more on the citizen side and you have a backpack, a butt pack, uh, something else that is you know, going to be on you all the time, this can live in there. It's just, if you're working with somebody, if you are working with a buddy, they need to know where it is on your kit. More often than not, it's better to have an SOP to where this is all standardized. And something else that this can hold outside of March is uh, pharmacology. We'll get into this a little bit more as time goes on with these crash horses and our more in-depth classes, but by pharmacology, I mean uh, medicines, medications. So uh, pain control, anti-emetics, so anti-nausea, anti-vomiting, um, you know, antibiotics, ointments. Uh, whole, there, there, there's a whole slew of things that you can cover here. This is dependent on your imagination and your, you know, your space and your... Uh, and your budget, essentially. One other thing along with the buddy kit, so besides being able to cover a, uh, a larger uh, horizon of issues than you're know, just having your IFAC or just having you know one medic with one medical kit, cross-loading all of this equipment to the individual allows your medic, if you have a designated medic, to do more to go farther, right? So say if I was in a three-man hunter-killer team, right? Instead of overloading my one medic, 
to be able to care for three individuals, right? You could have, everybody has an IFAC so they can render it to themselves. Everybody has a buddy aid kit so that they can, so their buddies can respond to, you know, them as a casualty and, you know, cover a wider range. Now this does require everyone else to have a higher standard of training, right? But that's a different conversation. Uh, But this offloads that weight, that space, all that equipment, all that supply off of the medic that he would either have to carry, have a vehicle, have cached, whatever, um, and lets him focus on you know the more nuanced stuff, the things that you know require his expertise more. Right, like actually doing his job. Right, instead of oh holy crap, I'm carrying the seventy pound pack, like and my buddy just went down over that ridge line. Like, I don't think people really understand the sheer amount of weight that Doc carried out on patrol mm-hmm. when we were in Afghanistan. Because not only did he have his own plate carrier, his own ammunition, his own um, equipment, his own, um, say, cold weather gear if we were going out or sleep system or whatever, he also did have to then had to carry his medic pack, which was enough medical supplies for the entire platoon or whatever he was attached to that went out at the time. Not only that, but also water. Well, you know, think of it this way, right? So our IFAC, you could fit in your hand. You could, yes. you could hold that, you know, pouch in your hand. You know, the medic, like you remember Black Hawk Down when they had that casualty mm-hmm. and he had to be with that dude for literal days. Yeah. You know, so you have to think your mech needs to be able to respond to something like that. So it's not... You know, we're not talking about assault bike here. We're talking about a full, you know, they probably stuffed an entire medium, you know, a medium rucksack full of medical gear, which is not light. No. You know, we're talking about IV bags full of liquid, which is very heavy. I mean, so a lot of stuff. So if you're, you know, if you're cross-loading, you know, your gauze, ace wraps, splints, things that the mech doesn't necessarily have to carry that you can, you know, put on a dude's back that he can carry himself. That's a good thing. Right. Exactly. Because like you said, those those IFACs you can fit in the palm of your hand. But to put that into perspective, that's one dude. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by, say, what, 15, 20 dudes? That's what Doc's got in his bag, well, not and, counting liquids. And that doesn't cover everything that guy might go through, like every injury that might, that guy might sustain. That doesn't include... Correct stuff for eyes that doesn't include stuff for burn stuff for uh hypothermia yeah hypothermia splints you know broken or fractured bones like that doesn't include any of that so you cross load that amongst your dudes then you know say even you know discounting doc having to carry stuff what if doc loses pack you know what if you know he goes down and it like bam off a cliff or and uh, impassable terrain or whatever. Yo, know, what if what if packs or uh, ducks back get shot <laughs> or gets ripped or gets up by shrapnel striker <laughs> or gets knocked off a freaking striker? I mean, there are so many. You know, and you know, you'll never account for every what if, right? But right. this this crossloads this thing that like mesh networking, right? Self healing, self governing. You know, it's. Uh, you know, it's not putting all your eggs in one basket. This week's episode is brought to you by FieldSeats.com. FieldSeats.com is an e-commerce, federally licensed firearms dealer. 
They provide virtual reviews on brand new firearms, optics, and gear, where at the end of the review, they give away the item being reviewed to an attendee. Currently, they've got reviews ranging from the Shadow Systems MR920 for $35, the Springfield M1A for $65, or Chuchikon ACOG with RMR for $60. Each review has limited seating, so your chances of winning the giveaway are that much higher. Check out FieldSeats.com to purchase your reviews and enter to win the item being reviewed, and use code STRONGMEN to get 10% off your order. Be sure to check out their Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Field underscore Seats for updates on products and other tips and info. Use code STRONGMEN to receive 10% off your entire purchase at FieldSeats.com. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening, guys. Now back to the episode. Stay in the fight. So moving away from uh, the, the individual kits, uh, going to like a vehicle first aid kit. So as you can tell, guys, we're not going to have a fast and hard you know, set of equipment for you guys to carry, at least not in this episode. But this is mainly just considerations that we have for you guys, something that you might not have considered, something to kind of broaden your eyes and get you a better, clearer picture of uh, what you need to be thinking about. So uh, yeah. vehicle first aid Just kit. to make you think. So what are you expecting? What are you projecting that you're going to have to treat Right. if you're in a vehicle? You know, what's yeah, your context? What methods of injury? Right. So are you worried about gunshot wounds? Are you worried about murder or vehicle accidents, blood force trauma, lacerations, burns? You know this is going to ter- determine what's prevalent in your kit. So if you're rolling around in a Toyota Hilux with all the doors ripped off in the middle of Afghanistan, I can with the fifty cal know, in the back. I have, a, I have a good idea of what you're going to have in your medical kit. But yeah, if you're rolling around in you know Madison, Wisconsin, in your minivan. That medical kit's probably going to look a little different. Yeah. Or not. I've never been to Mass in Wisconsin. I, like, I couldn't tell you that was, I just threw that out there. But depends on if you're rolling around with Kyle Rittenhouse or not. Goodness. Hey, man, I got to throw something in there. Well, you sure did that. <laughs> so, your stateside, your home, right? In this presumed context. So, if you have a family with little ones, does your med kit have an addition of a boo-boo kit? Yep. You know, can you handle, you know, little sprains? Can you handle, you know, bumps and bruises? Little ouchies. Little ouchies. The bobos. Can you, you know, what kind of farm do you have? Do you have stuff that can help with headaches, nausea for long road trips? You know, if you fall asleep or have to drive for a long way, do you have caffeine pills? or coffee packets. I mean, main takeaway here is that your kit needs to fit your context, right? So for most people, your vehicle first aid kit needs to be able to handle motor vehicle accidents. You know? Yeah. What does that look like? You know, probably doesn't look like gunshot wound. Looks like broken bones, looks like lacerations, looks like abrasions, you know, burns. So you're also not that. Go for it. I would say also that if you were traveling with a pet, you're probably going to want to have stuff for them too. Yeah. Whether it's their own pharma or, you know, their own ACE wraps, whatever. Right. Like, you need to take that into consideration too. Yeah, 100%. Need to think holistically. Another thing with context, you know, you're not the end all be all. You know, more, most likely you will not be the, the last, uh, last point of this chain of care. 
right? So right. you can probably focus on just, you know, sustaining until help arrives or exactly you know, care that you can perform until you get to your know, higher care. So depending on where you live, depending on your context, that can change obviously, but keep that in mind. You don't have an unlimited amount of space in your vehicle, but you can carry a lot more. So yeah, this might look your, like a, your main goal. Go for it. God, but I hate interrupting you. <laughs> your army, go for it. I was just going to say with, with these vehicle um, facts, your main goal here is just to stabilize or attempt to stabilize until the paramedics get there. If you can stabilize to even beyond what they normally care for, then great. But that's your main thing is to try and stop whatever bleeds going on because that's going to be your main issue is in a motor vehicle accident is, is going to be bleeds. Yeah. Well, something else too, um, you know, and this depends on your, on your scope of practice, right? So mm, yes, a C collar, a stretcher. Yeah. I mean, you know, something probably something that would be good to have is like flares or methods of marking. Right. So if you're thinking about right. responding to a motor vehicle accident, you don't want to make more accidents. You want to make more casualties. So being able to, uh, you know, effectively core on that off, you know, signal, you know, that's huge. So Jurassic Park, that thing, like that flare and just yes. run down the road. Get after it, man. Right up until that T-Rex just mows you down. Dance like nobody's watching, especially that T-Rex <laughs> that, you know, can only see movement. Oh, almost killed him. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> uh. All right. And moving on to, you know, your home first aid kits. Oh, actually, no, no. Uh, vehicle first nope. aid kits. Last, last word on that. With vehicles and homes, your space, like your weight tolerance, just went through the roof compared to what you could carry on your back. Right. So time about poor doc with his, you know, rucksack filled full of medical stuff. Now think about a vehicle vehicle doesn't really care. Like up to a certain point, vehicle doesn't care if you have a stretcher, if you have a ton of IV bags done, you know, all this equipment in it, if you can fit it and you know, make the space, make the space make sense, right? The weight is more often than not a non-issue there. Same it's thing with the home. Negligible. You can, you know, for home, I would say you are, you know, outside of daily life of, you know, the boo-boo kits, the bumps and bruises, the little stuff, you're looking at probably more long-term care. Depending on your region, depending on where you're at, how accessible care is to you, something you may have to think of is whether or not you can even get out to higher care. Yeah. You know, what is your threshold to, you know, what you can handle at home? Going back to, you know, falling back to the level of your training, Right. Something else, uh, you know, being able to rotate stock, you know, throughout the home. So you stock up on all the all you want. If it goes bad, it goes bad. It's not useful to you anymore, right? Uh, but your context is different at the home, right? So if you are planning on being a casualty collection point at some point in the future, you're at least uh, getting ready for that possibility, then that's a lot different than the guy in the country whose wife has a couple of medical conditions. So you need to make sure that you have at least a month of you know, her medication in stock. Right. Dude. Or, you know, maybe the yeah. pass going into your home is you know impassable during the winter. So you need to be able to handle medical issues at home 
or you're going to have to sustain it until a lifelike can get down to you. You have to think these things through. Going back to the farm, if you or a family member has prescribed medication that they need, then speak with your provider, figure out a way to you know, keep at least a month of that on hand. At least. You know, but God. most of the time, it's not going to be that dramatic. Most of the time, it's going to be, no. you know, make sure you have a bunch of Band-Aids and Neosporin. You know, make sure this doesn't turn into infection. If you do have an infection, then, you know, go and get figured out at the hospital. But if you don't have that option, you know, you need to be able to handle that. I actually just sat here and, like... Ugh, I shuddered at the fact of having a freaking CCP in my home. <laughs> yeah. That is just thinking of the sheer amount of medical supplies you'd have to have on hand, not just for yourself, your family, but your neighbors as well. Dude. Yeah. If it's at a point of where you're actually a casualty collection point, dude, you're in a bad, bad place. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like geographically, I'm just saying like, you're in a bad, bad way. And well, you may have to store more than what you actually probably can if you're becoming a casualty collection point. Well, think about you know having to make the call and triage. You do on right. what you on what you can treat and what you can't. Think about having to do that with your family or your neighbors, man. Yeah, medical's no joke, man. It's no, no. joke at all. That's why I don't touch that. <sighs> Well, and the sad part is it's too important not to, you know what I mean? Because if, right. you know, if you have the most medical knowledge, most medical proficiency on your street, guess what you just turned into, you know? Yep. During our freeze in 21, you know, everybody on my block know, knows I'm a nurse. And so we Ooh. were snowed for, you know, iced in for four days. So, well, long story short, I had to remove sutures on a dog interesting yeah yeah i you know i don't know if my neighbors really understood the correlation between me being a nurse and me not being a vet but dog was okay eh eh you yeah, know i mean buffed out yeah the mob takes all their freaking people to the vet anyway so goodness well i was like well i'll never have this opportunity again might as well do it yeah right um and then something else i wanted to touch on time out medications oh well, before I plug that, um, do you have any, an AED at home? Uh, Probably not, right? Defibrillator? No. Yeah. How many people do? No. Nobody. Probably nobody. Those things are expensive. How prevalent is heart disease and heart failure uh, in the United States? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Things to consider. I mean, and yeah. You know, yeah, it's a huge investment, right? But for the one time that you would need it, right? You know, we talk about police and... Don't be silly. Talking about like response times, right? But what if someone has a heart attack in your home? You know what I mean? Outside of like a tactical operational sense, right? Car battery and jumper cables can go a long way. We have to cut that whole thing out, idiot. Well, you should just cut that part off. <laughs> no, but um, something that is 
that is an option for uh, for those medications. Something to consider is called Duration Health, and you can look them up. But what the service is is a provider speaks with you virtually, right? So you figure out what you want in this medical kit. You know whether that be antiemetics, yeah. antiparalytics, uh, all you know whatever, right? And you fill up this kit, you talk to a medical provider, medical provider, you know, talks, see if you, you know, actually need this. If you do, they sign the script, send this kit out, and you know, you're good to go. So an avenue to obtaining some of this stuff because I know that um, otherwise it could be you know, very difficult in order to get a get a backstock on this stuff for your home. I just looked them up. They're honestly not that expensive. No, it's not bad, honestly. I mean, for a family and one adult and one child, 400 bucks for medications that you would otherwise have to go to your provider for. Talking like azithromycin for, say, pneumonia, ear infection, throat Mm -hmm. infection, something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get Uh, antibiotics. I mean... Doxy, you can yeah. get all sorts of stuff. Steroids, I mean, Zofran, like... Prednisone, oh my god. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, really really cool business, really cool people. Oh my god, and you can even get stuff for like anaphylaxis. Yeah. Wow, uh, women's health, trap. This is nice. Yeah. But... You know, for people, right? And you made a really great point when we were talking about vehicle first aid kits on animals. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you have pets, where are your pets? Your pets are at home, right? So if your pets have a medical emergency, you know, and you, know, you care enough to, you know, treat the animal and you not have to rely on, like, going to the vet or something, you need to have that medical equipment there. You need to know how to use it and what to use it on, right? So we're... You're hoping soon to push more into like the homesteading space, get some content out on that. But outside of like cats and dogs, you know, just like pet pets, you know, if you have livestock, that's a huge investment. That's a huge Dude, investment in your a, future, in your community, and everything. And you need that to is be a able whole to new ball wax. I mean, you need to be able to protect that investment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot different than you're having a pet. Lot different than having a test. So yeah, having grown up on a farm, yeah, I I can one hundred percent attest to how different it actually is. Yeah. So, you know, on you know small scale, right, having chickens or rabbits, but you know larger scale, having goats, having sheep, having pigs, having you know cows. I mean, that's a skill set you need to build up, and that's a you know, equipment store and, uh, you know, supply store that you need to build up too. Well, that'll do it for us here. Uh, the hard time strongly podcast. Thanks for listening to us. This has been, you know, our medical crash course with medical kits. If you would go ahead and jump on IG, give us a like, give us a follow, talk to us. We love communicating with you guys all the time. You can check us out on our Patreon. You can check us out on our Discord server. We would love to get into in-depth conversations with you guys on there. Check us out on Substack. 
Substack's an awesome resource as well. It's if you're into that kind of thing, there's a lot of information out there that's probably available outside of just us. Yep. The Patreon it has content that is nowhere else. Exclusive only Correct. to our Patreon. Our Discord is our community that we're trying to build up. Get in that Discord. You're actually able to talk one to one to us. You know, practically and others. And, and others that are like us, but you know, practically anytime and outside of the Patreon, which you know is its own kind of sphere, you know, this is how we figure out what you guys need and what you guys want. Right. This is how we actually, you know, push and steer that content. So get in there, drop us a line and, you know, let's build this thing up. We're here to tramp the bear class of man and we need community to do that. Right. At least all this can be found in our link tree on our bio on Instagram. So we are the hard time strongman podcast training of the better class of men. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.